0: Turn in your Bible to John chapter 19 this morning. I do want to invite you to this weekend Friday night at Stone Edge Church on Zebulun. Our worship team will be there and I have the opportunity to preach in this great church. What you might not know is when it was Northside Assembly of God on 630 Wimbish Road, that's where I gave my life to the Lord Jesus as an adult and so to preach in my home church at a different location is kind of special. And if you don't come, I'll pray something bad on you. I wanted to mention one other thing to you, church family. And um, those of you that are uh, not part of this home, uh, I'm not sharing this with you, except you just happen to be here uh, during this service. In the last 10 years, I know it's been maybe once or twice, which I let you know about a need for us. We always want to be using our resources for other people, helping them start churches. And Pastor Quan Holden was supposed to be here today to share with you about his church, but he had a death in his family, uh, a grandparent, I believe it was, and they had to go out of state to that. So we'll be doing that in the next week or two. But we have something that is uh, it's, it's needful in the sense of this facility. If you don't have it, it's very hard. Has anyone noticed that you can't hardly see the screens anymore? I mean, you'll, I mean, they're, they're dying, and it's not a bulb issue. It's a motherboard issue, and it, I, I'm just not one of those guys that says, okay, this is the amount, and I need 100 of you to give this. And I just think that, like, don't insult me that way. But we need to replace these, and it is very substantial. So here's what I ask. In the next several weeks, you just pray about it. And if you would like to give towards that, we got a decade out of these used ones. We did real good, almost a decade, nine years. And I just want you to be aware of that. And that's it. No arm twisting, no nothing. God always takes care of the needs in his house, period. And if you want to be a part of that, um, we can either buy those or buy glasses for everybody. All right. John 19. If you're there, stand with me one more time. And I won't ask you to stand again. This is just... God doesn't require this. We just stand out of reverence for his word. John 19, 28 through 30. And after this, just pause right there. After this being the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem where they waved branches and said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, which led quickly into a false accusation, kangaroo court, conviction of guilt, uh, convicting Jesus of things he did not do. The crucifixion began, and this is where we are in this portion. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, the Greek word teleo, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. And there was set a vessel of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. And when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. Same word, teleo, accomplished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. You may be seated this morning. Father, I just humble myself before you this morning. And um, I just ask that you would anoint me by your Holy Spirit to communicate, to speak truth. And not just truth, but truth with clarity. uh, Piercing truth. Revelational truth. I have no abilities or giftings in myself not only that I trust in, absolutely not, but that benefits anyone. It's only by your anointing, O oh Lord. It's only by your Holy Spirit speaking to us. And that's what I'm asking this morning. Help us to see Jesus more clearly. And Lord, I just thank you in advance for the work of your word, performing that which you've purposed it to do. In Jesus' name, amen. And when Jesus had finished the work, he cried, It is finished. It is complete it is accomplished, it is discharged, it is paid, it is performed, it is fully executed. The Jews would have heard the Greek-speaking people in their land say things like when a contract for a business had been met and the money was exchanged in the transaction, it was now teleo, it was finished, you don't owe me anything else. When the little girl comes in the room and she had painted her picture of you, uh, you know, and it looked like you put a crayon in a dog's foot and scratched him in just the right place, and the dog scribbled. And you go, "What is that?" And they say, "It's you, Daddy." Oh, great! And we put it on the refrigerator. But in her mind, it's teleo. It's finished. Whether it was your daughter or Da Vinci or Michelangelo, it, it was it was finished. When someone's married and the preacher pronounces them husband and wife, when he signs that document. It is Teleo. So there were seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. Many of the cross, many of you uh, know the story very well. But the sixth one was this: He looked back over his life. He looked in the now of his suffering, and he said, "Teleo. It's done." I want to speak to you this morning for just a few moments on the subject of the phrase "It is finished." The significance. And I submit to you, when God says something's finished, it's finished. When he declares something to be good, it's good. And for Jesus to say this from the cross, and the only other thing he said after that, when it was completed, it was wrapped up, the redemption plan, the suffering Savior, the atonement for our sins, when it was done, he said, now that it's done, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he left this world. If you're taking notes, write this down with me. Number one, the phrase, it is finished. You can just put, it is finished, dot, 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 and then the four numbers. Number one, it is finished means that every promise, every prophecy, and every type in the Old Testament has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Every promise, every prophecy, and every type in the Old Testament has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Time would not allow us to cover all of the types. But let me just give you a couple this morning as I set a base for this message. The Adam, the created one, Jesus being the last Adam, he fulfilled the type. Adam was the first of many humans. Jesus was the first of many reborn humans, recreated. The brazen serpent lifted in the wilderness. Moses raised it and Jesus said, if I be lifted up. I will draw all men unto me. And as Moses lifted up the serpent and all the people that were bit, symbolic of sin and were dying. If they looked upon the serpent, they lived. And we have looked unto Jesus and lived. The city of refuge where a criminal could escape to and shut the door behind him and be safe from judgment. Jesus being our city of refuge. The spotless lamb that every man had to provide for his family. Jesus became our Passover lamb. The scapegoat where the priest would symbolically put all of the sins of the nation of Israel on the scapegoat. And symbolically, by placing his hands upon it, the sins were transferred and they would drive the goat outside of the city. And Jesus, suffering outside the camp, bear our repro- reproach, bore our reproach for us. Jacob's ladder where God put a ladder ascending, angels ascending and descending upon man. And he didn't even know he was in the place of God. And Jesus being the the mediator between God and man, the connection, the ladder, if you will, since we could not get to God, God dropped a ladder to come to us. Jesus fulfilling these. Then the sign of Jonah in the belly of the fish. And he said, just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so must the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth. When he said it's finished, he said, everything you read in the Old Testament... All the types, I'm it. You don't need to look for another. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the first and the last. God did not give us the Old Testament so that we could be historical scholars on types. He gave us so many types so that we would see the fruition of what he promised. They're shadows. Don't get hung up so on the study of Old Testament types that it becomes the beautiful part. It's the shadow. Jesus is the beautiful part. Jesus is it. Not only every type, but every prophecy. Over 350 of them. The seed of the woman that would bruise the serpent's head. That is Jesus. Christ our Passover in Exodus 12. Jesus. The virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. Isaiah 7. Jesus. Your king cometh to you riding on a donkey. Zechariah 9. Jesus. That he would suffer outside the camp. Leviticus 16. The great I am. Exodus 3. Jesus told them before Abraham was. I am. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Deuteronomy 21. His scourging was prophesied in Psalms 129. When he cried from the cross in Psalms 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Fulfilled in Christ. And the promised resurrection... In Psalms 40, you will not suffer to see your Holy One corrupt and, and dissolve and, and be uh, disembodied. You, you, you'll come and resurrect Him. When Jesus said, It's finished, He was pointing to the Old Testament, hear your pastor this morning, that was good, it was holy, and it was right, but it was a shadow. There is a last day, I don't know what to call it, being enamored. Uh, I watched it with my own eyes. They're being enamored with the types and leaving the Christ, making it more significant. It's like if my hand, if the sun hits my hand and the shadows over here, the shadow is nothing. This is the substance. And Jesus was instead of the shadow following the shadow was first. So when he said, it is finished, he said, if you, if you, if you knew Abraham, you'd know me. You know, I'm, we got to be careful that we're not like the Pharisees that know the entire Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and don't know Jesus. He's the culmination of all that was written about. Number two, the significance, significance of finished means the penalty for our sins was completely paid. The penalty of our sin was completely paid. Let me read a couple of verses to you, but I don't want you to zone out on me. I know how tired we are and the world's run by tired people. But if you zone out, don't be thinking about television. Just listen to this. Hebrews 10. The old system, the old covenant, under the law of Moses was only a shadow. A dim preview of the good things to come. Not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated over and over and over again year after year. But they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing or a clear conscience, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once and for all and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, the annual sacrifices reminded the people of God of their sinfulness year after year. For it is not possible with the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Jesus Christ came to the world, he said, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you've given me a body to offer. You are not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. For Christ said, You did not want these sacrifices. You are not pleased with them, although they were required by the law of Moses. I've come to do your will. Listen. And he cancels the first covenant in order to put the second one into effect. For God's will was to make us holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. There are no more trespass offerings. Well, people give them. I understand that. That covenant ended. Now... You be very clear and understand that the Hebrew nation, the Israelite people, are the natural people of God, period. But it is not God's plan for them to still be giving animal sacrifices. Their eyes are still veiled and they have not come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, which would mean that they would stop the mechanical rote of anticipation of forgiveness. Every year when the high priest once a year would offer the lamb for their sins. It was not forgiveness. It was the postponing of judgment. The postponing of judgment. Postponing. So when Jesus came and John the Baptist said, Behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. This was the final lamb. This was the lamb prophesied about. That the thousands and tens of thousands of lambs before looked forward to. The law had not been just set aside, it was fulfilled. Jesus said in Matthew 5, don't think I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I didn't come to destroy it, but fulfill it. When you fulfill your obligation, it means it's done. I'll prove it to you. When you fulfill your obligation for your house, you're not making no more payments on it. It's done, it's yours. And Jesus said, I come to fulfill the law. Having abolished in his flesh, Ephesians 2, the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, and made himself of twain one new man, the Jews and the Gentiles, making peace that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity. Man has been granted unhindered access to God through Christ. When that temple veil, many, many feet high, many feet thick, When Jesus' body was torn, beaten, when it culminated and he gave up the ghost, the hand of God ripped the temple veil that separated common people like you and I from the Holy of Holies. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that we have boldness to enter into the holiest of holies now by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated through the veil, that is to say his flesh, When he was ripped, we now have access to God. Listen to this. I've been so excited to read this to you. We have unhindered access. We have undiluted access. We have unconditional access. We have indiscriminate access. The pauper could now come into the temple the Jerusalem temple and walk into the Holy of Holies where a priest was fearful that he would die in the presence of the Lord. Because now our lamb has died and there's no more looking forward to a redeemer. Our redeemer has come and he's finished it. Praise the Lord. The new covenant has been ratified and it's been put into effect when God speaks of a new covenant, Hebrews 8, he makes the first one obsolete. It is now out of the way and will soon disappear. So John, let me clarify then. So the Jewish people are not supposed to continue to do the sacrifices. While they're veiled, that, is, that was what their calling was. But they're paying on a loan that's free and clear. There was never the freedom of, ...from guilt or a clear conscience. See, the sacrifices didn't do that. Do you remember when you, first pray, when you truly gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ... ...and you repented? And you remembered so clearly what you just did... ...but you felt innocent? And they remembered... ...and you remembered... ...but you didn't carry guilt no more... ...because the blood of sacrifices couldn't purge my conscience... But God not only forgave my sins, He gave me a new heart and a new life in Christ. Those sins were paid for, period, finished, accomplished, never to be brought up again. Now I'm going somewhere. Hang on with me. Number three. And for those of you watching your watch, we only have four. So we're on number three. It is finished. What does it mean, the significance of it? It means that the power of Satan, the power of sin, and the power of death has been destroyed. Destroyed. No more bondage to sin. Romans 6 says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Because of the atoning work of Jesus Christ and the witness of the Holy Spirit in our heart that we carry within us, the very ach, The wind, the life of God. We can walk out of any old way. No momentum necessary, no therapy group necessary. You don't have to agree with me, like me, or believe in me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in me, and sin does not, not maybe, not might, not hope so, does not have dominion over you. And it's not through effort. That's why some of us struggle still with besetting sins because we're trying to do it through effort instead of revelation that I have been freed by the master, Jesus Christ, and given license to live a new life by the power of the Son of God. By the power of the Son of God. Well, the Lord's trying to help me quit. When someone says, well, I'm, I'm still struggling just a little bit with that. You know what that means? I'm still doing it. That's what I'm struggling with it means. I'm still doing it. And it's okay if you put it in the right category. But don't put it off on God. Don't put it off on God. What greater testimony in your house... That when the man of the house walks out of his habits and tells his little girl and his little boy, don't look at daddy like he's something. Jesus Christ gave me the power to do this. The power to do this. When mama, whose great grandmother spent her life worrying and had uh, bleeding ulcers from worrying, and grandmama had ulcers, and mama had ulcers, and all of a sudden mama is calm and in her right mind and not anxious about anything, and their kids go, what happened? I said, darling... When Jesus said it's finished, he meant it's finished. Everything I need for life and godliness has been provided for in the atonement. In the atonement. I think the tragedy is we're living so far under our means. We're just taking the no penalty for the sins. And that's it. But the Bible declares in, Romans, in Hebrews 2 For as much as children like us are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus also took part of flesh and blood that through his death, listen, he would destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver us who through fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. He says, if you see my completed work on the cross for you, you'll not only see forgiveness of sins, you'll see that you have been freed from the law of sin and death. From what? The power of the spirit of life has freed me from the law of sin and death. You just quit. You just come out. And this is where new Christians struggle. So I want to try to help because I remember being this and wondering, well, if I was right with God, why am I struggling so? God does not deliver you from the pull of sin. He delivers you from the power of sin. And it pulls, but before that little white thing about that long would tell you, get up, take your break. Okay. Okay, I'll do it now. Now, okay. You want to order tea? And he goes, you're going to order something alcoholic now. Now, let's do this now. And your body was a slave. Your spirit, your soul was a slave to your body. Your body was Lord. But when Christ became Lord, he's Lord of the body and you just walk out. You just have the power and the capacity. But we've been tricked. We think because I have impulses, I'm still bound. Anybody get to go to the circus this year, Ringling Brothers, and got to buy $25 cotton candy and $16 co-colas, all that good stuff? Kelly and I have almost paid off our loan. Well, Grandma paid for most of it. No, take that back. Grandma paid for most. The, the elephants, they'll tell you when they train them, they start when they're young and they tie their foot to stake. And then when they're bigger, if they feel that little chain on their foot, that elephant could not only rip the stake up, it could pull the 18-wheeler. He'll know. He'll know. And do you know that you house the Holy Spirit? And you're staying attached to some 12-ounce drink or some cigarette or some uh, propensity to eat too much or some habit, whatever, and all the while waiting on the Lord to help you said, I've given you my Spirit. Pull the stake out of the ground and quit. Just change. And that way when you do, you're going to give all the credit and honor to glory and the glory to God because of what he's done for you. Sin shall not have dominion over you. The devil has no right, no claim, no anything. He can threaten you all he wants. Not intimidated by his threats. I understand that he's an archangel. I understand that he's the prince of the power of the air of this age because God's allowed him to do so. I understand that wickedness is running rampant and I understand the world's going to hell in a handbag. Everybody's going crazy. Common sense is not common. I understand all of that. He doesn't scare me. My elder brother Jesus whipped him 2,000 years ago at Calvary and made an open show of him. When it says it stripped him of all power, you know what that Greek word implies? The way you'd skin a catfish. Guys, tell him I'm telling the truth. You nail that rascal's head to a tree. You cut that V around his head and you take a pair of pliers and what do you do? Skin him all the way down. Picture this. The Bible said the devil known what he was doing and the kingdom of darkness. They'd have never crucified the Lord. They were in the dark. They said, we got him. We got him. We got him. Naked Jesus on the cross. We got him. Beaten Christ. Bloodied Christ. Disfigured Christ. Alienated Christ. Forsaken Christ. And when he died and said, it is finished. It is finished for me and you, but it was just starting for hell. He went into the lower parts of the earth and was there three days and you know there were demon powers taunting and mocking. And on the third day, he got up with all power in his hand. He said, everybody that's ever died, had you killed a lamb? Have you killed a lamb? Have you killed a lamb? I'm it. Let's go. <laughs> Emptied the place out. Every saint that had ever died looking forward to Jesus coming, they weren't thinking, oh, let's go kill another goat. Let's go kill another lamb. They said, that chapter is over. And he took captivity captive. See, hell was divided up into two place, two parts. Upper Sheol and Hades. An upper place and a lower place. Separate. as a great gulf fixed. One was a place of torment and one was a holding tank. And you couldn't come into heaven without the purchased redemption. And the Bible says that every saint that had died... Christ took them all in a parade right by the front door of hell. And here's the devil. I've got you. You're a sinner. I've got you. Took his head and said, you see these holes in my hand? I'm going to put them through your head. Paid in full. And leave my babies alone. And skinned him. And the Bible says through Jerusalem, many dead relatives walk the streets. I know there's not a video store in heaven, but I'd love to see this one. You're in Jerusalem going to get a haircut. Uncle Earl. Uncle Earl. Earl just went, how y'all doing? Can't stay. Got to go. They walked through the streets so that it would be an open testimony. It is finished means sin, death, and the devil has been destroyed. No more condemnation. No more guilt to those who are in Christ Jesus. Those, no more condemnation. No more condemnation. uh uh-uh. Sometimes I tell you this, and I'm, I'm not trying to, to be funny or lewd, but I want you to know if you're new to this church or visiting, preachers weren't always preachers. I did a lot of things that I'm truly embarrassed about. Last year, there was a 30-year reunion, believe it or not, for college, and uh, right at 30 years. And I just went to see some of my fraternity brothers, and uh, they all know what I do. They don't talk about it, but they know what to do. And they all go off on hunting weekends and uh, fishing weekends. And I've never been invited. You want a damper, bring the preacher along, you know. (laughs) And one of them just out of the blue said, hey, you remember that hot legs contest? I bet you forgot you emceed that thing in college, don't you? And I looked at him and I said, no, I remember. I remember a lot of things. But that boy don't live no more. And I am forgiven. And it was the... I could feel it. My countenance was letting them know. See, you remember. And I remember. But as for the Lord, as far as the east is from the west, he's removed my transgressions from me. I am (laughs) guilt-free. Guilt-free. And finally, it is finished. That statement, it is finished. Please notice it. What? Your salvation. Who's speaking it? God. Not a preacher. Not a priest. Not a, not a vicar. Not a pope. Not a prophet. None of that holds any weight. This is God saying, Your redemption is, not maybe, not might, not hope so, is completed. Fully paid for. Discharged. This declaration changes everything and ought to be the forefront of everything about your Christian life. It means that God keeps His promises. He always keeps His promises. From the Garden of Eden, He promised that the Son of Man would come and bruise the head of Satan. He would come and redeem us. It means that nothing else is necessary for salvation. Nothing else. When God says finished, it's finished. Now, this is the dilemma I have as a preacher because we got visitors from all different types of backgrounds and faiths and everything. And listen, I am no more... Better in any capacity. As a matter of fact, probably less than most of you. But I'm going to answer to God for the things that I share and don't share with you. So I'm just offering this to you in meekness, but it's the truth. It, it's the truth, whether we like it or don't like it. This is not an Assembly of God doctrine, it's the doctrine of redemption. It is finished, it's pretty simple. You do not need a priest. You do not need a priest for your salvation. You don't need a candle. You don't need beads. You do not need to talk to dead saints. You don't need to be a member of this church. You don't need to go out on a bicycle and evangelize. You don't have to worship on Saturday or Tuesday or Friday. It is finished. Period. Now, how you express that finished realization has to be scriptural, but it doesn't add to. I've been preaching my lungs out for 30 years. I'm not that much more saved than from July 6, 1986. I was out before the night before till four in the morning partying and born again the next morning. With alcohol still in my system, born again. When, when, when I was recreated, there aren't levels of saved. Well, I'm kind of saved. I've backslid a little bit. I, I used to be more saved. And I hope to be more better saved later. No. No. Now, hear your pastor this morning. There are different levels of being an honorable son or a dishonorable son. Or an honorable daughter or a dishonorable daughter. But there aren't levels of saved. It is. It's finished. It exposes religious systems that elevate man to necessary positions of authority. Catholicism. At its core is not Christianity. Now are you saying there aren't any Catholics that are saved? Not at all. There are people saved all over. I'm not a judge of someone's heart. Catholicism is not Christianity. Christianity. Because it places man in the position of Christ and it makes it false. In the same way Protestant churches can tell you and they can lift the position of the pastor to where you have to pass by everything through him. Who you date and where you go to work. Run from that guy. Run. I don't come to you for uh, uh, the abolishment of my sins. He paid for my sins. I don't need to tell you about them. Now, I can share with you my weaknesses and faults that I may be healed, but to think I've got to come